welcome to the Hearts Unleashed podcast, where we are turning dreamers into doers. You guys, I am very excited to have another author on the podcast. We are in a jam out on some book topics around something that I know you guys love, talking about masculinity. We are talking to G.S. Youngblood, who coaches men in relationships on how to live, love, and lead from the masculine core. He specializes in nice guys who are with strong women. So <laughs> I'm really excited to talk to you about all these topics. <laughs> that's kind of a, that's kind of an evil laugh, Abigail. What was I that? love it because <laughs> you. Uh, this is this stuff I really love talking about, and I know that our listeners really eat up understanding more about the masculine and the feminine, especially. You know, uh, a little further back, I recorded one about the wounded masculine and feminine and the healed masculine and feminine. So it has so many downloads. I know that this topic is so relevant for our peeps. And so his teachings combine deep embodiment work with the framework of the masculine blueprint from his book, Masculine in Relationship, The Masculine in Relationship. And so GS, tell us a little bit about your book and your author journey. Well, you know, Abigail, we live in a world um, that has to deal with the reality that men have perpetuated a patriarchal order of things for thousands of years, misogyny, control, and all those things. And I'm not condemning men. Uh, I'm not in a bad-mouthing mode. What I'm saying is that's just what happened. And now we're dealing with that. And it's all goodness and there's a dark side because the pendulum has swung really far. And there are so many societal messages to us men about toxic masculinity and our misogyny. And suddenly any expression of masculine energy becomes, you know, get thrown into the bucket of toxic masculinity. And I am not down with that. That is not a reflection of the reality that I see. The problem is the, the pendulum has swung. And so there's a lot of men who have become nice guys. And I think most people generally understand what I'm talking about. Uh, Dr. Robert Glover wrote the seminal book on nice guys. And what he says are nice guys, they give up their needs, they go along to get along, but underneath they're seething they're seething inside that, that they feel powerless. So having that as our context, you know, I saw a lot of men who wanted to be more in their power, but they didn't know how. And that's what I'm bringing to the world with this book. Uh, the book is based on my three-part blueprint for what I consider to be a masculine core. And, you know, let's go over the blueprint uh, when we're ready here. But that's what I'm bringing to the table is something that, that I, I felt was very actionable for men to really step into their power and... I'll tell you, you know, this is to the men out there, like, you know, when you need this, when in your mind, you're thinking my woman is irritable, she's really critical of me. Um, she's not as much fun as I remember her being when we met, and she's not open to be sexually. If you've got one or more of those four traits going on, not traits, uh, perceptions of your woman right now, you probably have a bit of a depolarized relationship. You're probably not bringing, you know, enough of your masculine energy. And here's my experience. When you do, a lot of your relationship problems magically disappear. It's funny strange. how it works. Yeah, really strange. So that's the background, Abigail, of, of uh, how we got here with this book. Yeah, beautiful. And you know, you said a few different things that I really enjoyed. Um, obviously, how the men are pretty quickly just associated, like the patriarchal, like, and we're facing times where you know one thing said wrong mm -hmm. is just drawn so many conclusions, and yep. we're we're in that place in society. Period. And so, I think that the patriarchy is one of the best examples of that because it's one of the longest standing, like you said. And yep. I also love what you said. That's what happened. 
it doesn't have to be right or wrong. It's what happened. And now what? Now let's deal. And I think that that's such a powerful perspective and a place to come from to resolve or or recalibrate and recreate mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as opposed to like, you know, finding blame. Like there, there is, there right. is, it's futile. And so I just really loved the way you opened that up and shared that because um, something I was also picking up on what you were sharing was the way that you know, men, this cover-up thing, this having to hide their perceptions, their feelings, their experiences in order to have a certain persona or especially what we think masculinity is, yeah. that false perception of masculinity. Mm-hmm. And so- We got we to talk about that too. Let's bookmark um, that. What I are will, the false forms of it? Yeah. Yeah. False perceptions. Yes, totally. And so um, I like, I would love for you to share the um, blueprint because- what I heard you say was like actionable items. And something we talk about a lot on here is inspired action. And so when you were sharing, I could hear like an act from an activated male, like a true male in his masculine energy and essence, mm. what, how we would see him or what, how he would be and what he would do and yep. yeah, all of that. So please, please, you know, start with that blueprint. Yeah, let's dig right in. So the blueprint is three parts. Number one is respond versus react. You know this energy, you know, especially you, Abigail, as a female, where you're going to be very intuitive. You're going to feel this from across the room. Mm-hmm. He's grounded. Mm-hmm. There's, in certain ways, there's a stillness about him. Not that he's motionless, but he, there's a certain quality of stillness around him. Uh, he chooses how he acts. You know, if he if he's going to look to the left, look to the right. He, you know, he's choosing to do that. He's not sort of kind of darting his eyes around the room in reactive fashion. Uh, when you're in relationship with this person, you can feel it too. Um, they don't withdraw in times of, of tension. They don't get, as we call it, butthurt, <laughs> you know, when their woman kind of criticizes them. And they don't get defensive when their woman brings to her displeasure. It doesn't mean he acquiesces. That's not what we're saying here. What he, he's not reacting, though, out of his wounds or self-protection. In every moment, he's choosing how to be. And that's a, that's a really um, attractive way to engage the world. So with my coaching clients, I will, number one, we work on daily embodiment practices. I want my, my clients to do a daily practice. And I tell them, if you don't do a daily practice, you, I don't know what you're doing with me. You're wasting your time. Because <laughs> it's one of the number one things that I've been taught and I've also experienced in my own life that makes a difference. So as not to be mysterious about it. So embodiment practice, it's, it's, it's certain types of breathing, uh, certain types of meditation, certain types of movement practices. And I've actually designed my own curriculum for really specific masculine practices. And hopefully at the end of the summer, I'll have out my online course, which teaches that. But for now, I just do it in my coaching sessions. The first 15 minutes is that. So we, we work on embodiment. We, I work with their emotions. You know, Of course, it's a cliche that men, men aren't in touch with their emotions. But that doesn't mean we want you to become this like sort of emotional flow boy you know there is a there is a very i've I've seen him (laughs) yeah i I know the type and it's like come on man put your feet on the ground it's it's anyways keep going yeah it's it's painful it's you know this is part of the pendulum swinging too far you know we think we have to be kind of flowy and emotional it's like no you need to be in touch with your emotions so i i give what i consider to be a very masculine lens on the topic of emotions you know fear anger sadness shame 
So those are the main things. And I get them to understand the, the role of, of threat in their life and threat and anxiety. And one of the things I write about in the book is that anxiety underlies all non-masculine behaviors. You just, you pick out any non-masculine behavior, I could probably find anxiety at the root of it and the alleviation of anxiety. Men don't like to feel that in, the, in them. So we go into that in depth. So that's step one. Before you do anything of developing your masculine core, you've got to build a base of groundedness. And that really comes down to settling your nervous system. And then everything else becomes a lot easier after that. In fact, you know, the rest of the stuff kind of comes naturally once you settle your nervous system. Yes. <laughs> okay, right. so I, I want to speak into what you're sharing because I, uh, a lot of what you're sharing, I actually teach about femininity mm-hmm. as well, right? Relaxing your central nervous system for a woman to be able to sense and tap into her intuition the same way a man can sense into their... Like, I, I wrote down that when you said stillness, um, a, a woman can sense when a man is assured of himself and sh- and sure and certain, right? And and that and like you said, at choice. If they know if they look to the left or the right, like there's a command they have over their sense of self mm-hmm. that is like magnetizing. And um, and the same for a woman though, because I think the op- the opposite end of that spectrum is that frantic worried or anxious energy. And so you're just, I'm hearing you, I'm picking up what you're putting down and yeah. keep on going. <laughs> yeah. and, and as a woman, gosh, you guys can feel it. And it really, it's funny, you've probably had experiences like this. Like you maybe you see a man at a coffee shop and he's, you know, he's six feet tall and he's got mm-hmm. a good build and then you hear him talk. <laughs> you're like, whoa, okay. That, Damn that it. <laughs> that, yeah, it's like, why is he so kind of wimpy, quite frankly? Yeah. And you can hear it. You might even be able to see it. You don't even have to hear him sometimes. You can just see how he gestures. Yeah. Or um, a man that maybe you otherwise wouldn't find attractive. He comes in, he just locks eyes on you. Mm-hmm. Like, who are you? Yeah. You know, or just something like that where he just he's just owning the room. Yeah. And it, you can be a guy that's not very good looking and not very physically imposing, and you can own the room yeah. with this energy. So... I always say, like, man, you don't have to be smarter, taller, better looking, or richer, smarter. You actually don't. Mm-hmm. You can become a lot more attractive to, to women or the, you know, whatever gender you're going after right. simply by having this kind of energy. Yeah. yeah. I want to say this in an unrefined kind of way is like, dogs smell fear, kids smell bullshit, and women smell weakness. <laughs> That's kind of how I feel. <laughs> Ooh, it's tough out there. <laughs> Hard to... Hard to hide. Okay. Kids, uh, dogs, and women are sniffing us out. I mean, it's apparent. And, and I think obviously I, I joke about smell, but with women who are tapped into their intuition and, yeah. and you know, we, half of us don't even know we are, but we are. So we don't know what we're reading because we don't know how to read energy, but we feel something. Right. And you're just like, you're, why am I in pain right now? Like, yes. and because the man's not... He's not revealing the emotion he's actually feeling. He's being such, you know, he's not in his power. Like, ouch. Those yeah. Two, yeah, I got you. <laughs> yeah. And so um, for my type A people, because I'm half of one of them, is uh, you said about the blueprint, respond and react. Was there two others? Two yeah. Others? So it was respond versus react or rather respond, than react. Okay. So respond. yeah. So that's the first one. We can talk about the second two. Um, so the second one is provide structure. So this is the quality of a man who... Number one, he has clarity for himself on what he wants, what he needs, what he prefers, and his boundaries. 
And I just say to the guys, it's so funny. I just, I did so many examples of the men and they're like, why is my wife always crabby at me? And you know, yada, yada, yada. And then we go through these examples and it's like, wow, dude, I don't even, where do you stand? Like, where are you? I don't even know what you want in this, in any situation or this relationship and the anecdote after anecdote of the men not tapping into what they want. They've just abdicated and their radar is on, okay, Abigail, what do you want? And I'll give it to you. Just tell me, you know, and then of course, you know, and every, every woman on the call knows that's a turnoff. So the men really have to tap into desire. So that's one of the chapters in the book called Desire. And it's about tapping into that. That's step one before anything. If you don't know what you want, you can't lead others. So from that, then you can start to what I call set direction and provide structure. So set direction is, uh, well, you can make decisions and be decisive, but you don't actually have to be the decision maker. You could actually, again, we'll use, we'll use an example, you know, uh, where we want to go on vacation, you know, Abigail, where are we going on vacation this year? What do you, you know? Hawaii. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but when I come to you and just ask you where you want to go, I haven't even stopped to think, okay, what do I want to do? You know, so instead of, of asking you what you want to do, I could come, to, I could go and do research on, you know, Croatia, Hawaii, and South Africa. And I could come up with, you know, look for availability of flights. What's it going to cost us? What does it cost to stay there? What are some of the cool things we'll do? Bring that to you and go, hey, Abigail, I've been thinking about this vacation. You know, here's three options. What do you think, baby? And So much uh, more thoughtful. Right. And, and here's my characterization, but I want to I hear how this lands for you. It's like, you can make decisions all day long. I, I mean, I already got a hit of your energy, Abigail. I mean, you can just, you're making things happen in your business. You can do that. And you're going to kind of be a little bit more in your masculine energy. And if that's how I like you, then cool. But that's, well, I don't. You know, right. In, in moments of intimacy, that's is of course what I mean. Right. So if I want you to kind of be in that relaxed state, you're a little more open, you're a little more flowy. Mm. I've got a, I, my gift to you is to alleviate you from having to make the damn decision. You could, but you just don't want to have to. Yeah. So that's really what we're after here. It's, it's all about choice. What state do I want my, my partner in? So if I can simplify that, you, don't, you no longer have the wide world of all choices to contend with. You've got three. Well, that's a lot easier. And of course, you might say, I don't like any of those. That's, that's your prerogative. But I've simplified the world for you. And that's kind of what we're after here. That's what we're, the dynamic we're after. That feels good to the feminine. I, I will posit that that feels good to the feminine. Yeah. Yeah. And I would love to jump in with you there because you're so, it does feel good to the feminine because of the feminine. So something that I teach, I work with mostly women and I explain women are water, right? And men are the container. Or the riverbank. Right. Yep. And so women would love to just be able to go with the flow and follow the river bend. And, and so men being the structure, the order container, all of those things. And like, especially like the example that you gave, like it, it kind of felt like a sense of relief. The idea of the man coming with three options that he's already done the research on for a woman. I know that that shows effort on the male's part and thought yeah. and consideration, yeah. right? Even if he's the one maybe picking the different places, there's so much, um, care put into that to be able to then present something and say like, hey, I've thought about something for us and I've prepared something for us. Like, what? And Mm -hmm. I think, you know, speaking to one next level is like mothers, right? Or maybe the professional working mom who is decision-making all day long. All day long. Ragged. Yes. And doesn't want one more question. So like, yeah, I like the way that you said it too was 
what's the state I want my woman to be in? And how can I be the one at cause for that? Because that's a whole nother level of responsibility. Yeah, it is. And this is what men don't realize is they have the power to put their feminine partner into a relaxed state. It's, mm-hmm. it's by embodying these principles, quite frankly. That's what we're after here. And I think this is one example of it, of being having clarity, decisiveness, and, and whatnot. So, yeah, men have more power than they think. And, I, and that's, that's like a message I want for all men. Mm-hmm. You have more power than you think you do. Stop being a victim. Yes. Okay, so men have more power than they think they do. How can they tap into that? We've been talking about that. So first, get grounded. Uh Number two, tap into what you want and your desire and and where you kind of orient in the world. And then bring your clarity to her. And then, you know, unlike the old days where it was like, we're doing this, you know, it was compulsory. Like, okay, hello, 1950s, see you later. Now it's, baby, this is what I'd love to do. How does that land for you? Or how does that work for you? Like, it's that's the magic sentence right there. Like, you come and you show yourself first and then you add the inclusiveness. How does that work for you? Mm-hmm. And she might be a no to it. And a man who's in his power will be able to go with the no. Mm-hmm. He can be with the no's and the yeses. Mm-hmm. And then he, then he'd be like, oh, okay, well, what about this? You know, like he can roll with that. And that's, to me, that's modern masculine feminine right there. Yeah. Baby, this is what I would love to do or I think we should do. How does that work for you? That's the magic sentence. I also love that you add baby to all of it. <laughs> but you know what I what I really heard us um you said modern too and that's I heard like modern partnership. Mm-hmm. Truly. Um and I, I just think it's fascinating because I over here is a, and I imagine the women listening would be like, "Oh, that would be great." Yeah. <laughs> so um, what would you like to say to our women? Ooh, okay. Um well, let's see. I, I wonder, should we finish the third part of the blueprint? And then, let me, and then let, <laughs> let me answer that question. Because it's, it's great. I want to speak to your audience too, because yeah. there's, a, there's something to be said. So I'm glad you brought that up. Let me finish the third part and then we'll come back to that. Go for it. Okay. So third part is create safety. And I know of no bigger determinant of how open a woman is to me, like the women I date, you know, how open she is to me is directly related to how much trust and safety she feels with me overall and in that one teeny slice of moment because it, it can change from you know moment to moment. But So trust and safety are everything. So when I write about create safety, it's physical, financial, and emotional safety. And uh, physical, I think I'll skip over that. You know, there, there is an element of being a provider, which is still relevant, even if she's working too, and you're both privy. It's not about being the only provider, but you have to be some kind of provider in some form. Now we could go into that, but I'd rather put that one aside. Physical safety, I think, speaks for itself. It's not just about, um, you know, learning Taekwondo and being able to handle the mugger. It's not just about that. It can be things like, like a, a woman I was dating at one point, you know, she lived in San Francisco. And so, uh, I would actually text her when she drove home after being with me that night. And, you know, even if she was getting, particularly if she was getting in at 1 a.m., hey, text me when you get there. I need to know that you got there okay. That's me caring for her physical safety. That's one of about 100,000 examples I could give. I want to pause you right there because I'll tell you, I don't care who admits it or not, every woman wants that. Yeah. And when it's not, it's quite an easy decision to not have a second date. <laughs> Yeah, it really so, is. Red alert, men. <laughs> well, because because physical safety is so primal, particularly for the women. I think most men don't realize this. You guys feel way more physically vulnerable than we do. Just walking down the street, even of a major metropolitan city, mm-hmm. um, 
So yeah, physical safety, you're right. That's the quickest way to, to the exit door or at least yeah. one of the quick ways. But really what I'm focused mainly on is emotional safety. And you know, the feminine, I'll just, I'm, I posit that the feminine is more chaotic than the, emotionally chaotic. You know, that's fine, that feminine energy. So if I can't make space for that or hold space for that, you know, if I can't validate your feelings, it doesn't mean I, that I'm agreeing with you. It doesn't mean that I'm taking the blame for those feelings, but I can validate those instead of basically telling you you're crazy. You're not going to feel emotionally safe if I don't do those things. If you don't feel emotionally safe, that might be the, you know, that's, that's another quick way to the exit. But it's usually, unfortunately, that's the slow burn. Yes. Um, over time, you trust us less and less. And if you're married to somebody and then they start trusting you less, it's, that's where you get to the loveless marriage. I mean, it's not the only cause, obviously, but I can tell you it's one of the most common. Mm-hmm. And so I, the whole chapter 14 was like my favorite, most favorite chapter to write because it talks about, okay, here's what you do when your woman's upset. You know, here are the seven steps you can take. And look at that big grin on your face. I love that, Abigail. <laughs> <laughs> this is, I am enjoying, we need to promote this everywhere and <laughs> keep oh, going. Man. And can you repeat the name of your book and where they can find it at this moment? Sure. It's, the book is called The Masculine in Relationship, A Blueprint for Inspiring the Trust, Lust, and Devotion of a Strong Woman. Mm-hmm. And Amazon, of course, is the place to buy it. Awesome. Okay, keep yeah. going. Yeah, emotional safety. And so I talk about ways to really deal. And and the first one is empathy. And this is one that, I don't know, maybe sounds cliche, but for most men don't know how to do empathy. Like it took me a while to really develop empathy. And it was a long process too, a long process of learning to go into your feeling body instead of always being analytical. But I can sit there and I can say, you know, you're upset about something, whether it's at me or not. You know, I can say all these clever words in response and I, I've heard so many stories and I've experienced it where the woman just looks at the guy and is like, I can't feel you. And it's just like all your clever words just fall to the floor. They, they just bounce right off because you're not feeling her. You know, if she's upset about something, she wants to feel you feeling how she feels. It's, it's a little bit circular, but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, so instead of, you know, kind of rationalizing why it's going to be okay or why you shouldn't be mad, it's like, oh, baby, like, Damn, yeah, I get that you're really pissed about this. I mean, I was just play acting there, of course, but you, you heard my voice drop. It was a little softer, it was a little slower. Like those are actually markers of being in your heart. And so I actually did sort of just in my mind, sort of make up a scenario and kind of drop in. And that's that capability for her to feel your response to her rather than just hear the logic of it, it makes all the difference. And, you know, men, it's like, I just try to make it better. And she keeps getting more mad. I don't understand. She's crazy. Well, it's because she's not feeling you in your feeling body. She's feeling you in your analytical mind, which feels like shit to her. She feels alone. She feels unheard, unmet, and uh, uninspired. (laughs) Well, I wanted to reflect that as like what you're talking about is the woman having the opportunity to feel seen, heard, forgotten, understood. And um, you said something to the effect of like the woman, you said chaotic and I hear you and that it's us in our heart and in our emotion. And then men are sitting up in the head basically most often, like you said, analyzing or responding. And when I do work with women, I sometimes I'll even ask them or like invite them to cue their man, especially if it's not an empowered relationship or both are not emotionally uh, intelligent or developed. It's like, no, you might need to say, I just need you to 
yeah. hear me. Like yeah. I don't, I don't need a fix, but I need to, I need to vent. I need to think, you know, out loud. And so that way, um, that can potentially be reached or matched or. <laughs> yeah, what you just said brings us back to the, your question you asked me of what would yeah. I say to women. Uh, you want to, you want to circle back to that? Yeah, go for it. Well, it very much in line with what you said, but it's sort of an adjunct to that. We men are very vulnerable to your disappointment. Mm. I'm just going to let that sink in. We're very vulnerable to your disappointment. You have a really, a pretty strong power over this that you might not totally realize. And it's hard for us. You know, we're ego-bound creatures. We just, I mean, deep down, we just, we want you to be happy. Like your smile at us is like nutrition. It is like, a, you know, getting a cracker after, uh, you know, being in the <laughs> desert for 40 days. I don't know, whatever the analogy is. But your smile is like gold to us. And your disappointment is like, ooh, that's hard to take. And it really crushes us in a lot of ways. And the reason I say that is the degree to which you can be true to your heart and share the pain in your heart, even if it's pain we caused or not, without blaming us, makes all the difference. And of course, the human tendency is you're in pain and we all lash out at somebody else. We want a scapegoat. That's natural. But to the degree that you can give us the cleanest expression of your heart and your pain without really bringing us into the story, that allows us to avoid kind of the disappointment that kind of creates a trigger in us. And it actually allows us to step in and be the hero, which we'd love to be for you, by the way. You know, we'd love to be the hero and be responsive to you. So being a hero in this case means be responsive to you. Whereas if I'm triggered, I'm going to be defensive. So you want me to, you want me responsive, not defensive. So that's what I would recommend to women is, you know, can you find it in yourself to give the cleanest expression in your heart with no toxicity, no shaming, no blaming? I guarantee, and that's a strong word, I'm going to say it anyway, that you're going to be more successful over, over time with your man. Assuming he's you know, reasonably, reasonable EQ. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's my answer to that question, Abigail. Yeah, and I would, I would love to. Um, I, I have this natural habit of translating or like reframing it all of it, anyways. But like, because it was, I mean, it's so valuable, and I think, you know, for women to be able to communicate their needs and communicate their feelings. And I like what you said about, can you do it without attaching blame on us, to us, at us, right? And um, my my invitation would be to do our best to t- remove the narrative. The story, right? take, take yeah. Take the story away and communicate, this happened, this is the reaction, or this is the feeling it triggered in me, right? And this yep. is what I'm blaming you for, or even even if you can yep. at least communicate that. Yep. And then it takes us right back to your first pillar of react versus respond, right? Because what then happens, and it's whoever, wherever it starts, um, I use the specific distinctions called, fuck me, fuck you. Fuck you, fuck me. And, it, and, and it's just like, it's this, this finger pointing game where nobody wins. Yeah. Right? And we're all just proving our point and like incredibly ineffective. So let's say we're at the finger pointing game. How can we emerge from that? Well, this is where I coach men. Um, something I say a few times in the book, you may or may not be the problem, but you are the solution. You have to realize I'm talking to men. So I, I'm like, look, man, I don't care whose fault it is. I don't care who is the asshole uh, or clumsy you need to develop a mindset that I'll be the one to lead us out of this, you know, not to the exclusion of her. I mean, she might make that choice too, then you can both do it. But like, if everybody's kind of spiraling down, I make the decision as a man, that, as the man I want to be, 
then it's my job to lead us out of this. And here's what I'm going to do. You know, we're spiraling down and I'm going to say, you know what, baby, timeout. We are spiraling down here. I want us to call a 15 minute timeout. I'm going to just walk outside. I'm going to walk around the block. I will be back in 15 minutes. And then we're going to tell each other two things that we like about each other. And then we can continue this fight. But I really want to do that, baby. Are you game? Yeah. And so that's, that's again, in, in my worldview, that's masculine leadership. You know, how, in the leadership is about how do I lead us into a better place relationally? Mm-hmm. And if I can get the guys to develop that mindset, that's powerful. And then, you know, hopefully the women are going to a coach like yourself yeah. who's teaching them also, you know, leadership skills. And then the two of us, we can do this, you know? What a great place to arrive at with like the solution and hitting a pause, hitting a reset, coming back together, acknowledgement, right? And it actually brings us back to like the very front of the conversation where you said, yeah, this happened. Now let's deal with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We don't need to find blame. We don't need to analyze. We don't, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And deduce a bunch of things like now what? How do we want to be about this? And where are we headed? And do we want to go together? <laughs> you know, yeah. or how yeah. would we proceed? Yeah, and it's like what serves the connection between us? Not our egos, right? Um, not our fears and triggers, but what serves the connection between us? If that's our highest priority, and we acknowledge mm-hmm. it as such, that's that's actually that relationship's got a pretty good chance of working, absent other factors. You know, right. we prioritize the connection between the two of you. Totally, I love that. And so. <laughs> GS, how can people connect with you? Because I imagine they want to. Ah, well, they can email me at gs at gsyoungblood.com or go to the website, obviously, gsyoungblood.com. Uh, you can buy the book and, and please do a review. Uh, the Amazon reviews really help me. Men can join my Masculine in Relationship Facebook group. Uh, then everybody can like either my Facebook page or my Instagram page. And I mentioned I come up on a search on both of those. Yeah. Um, but that's how they can reach out. And look, if, you know, if you're a man out there and you need coaching, reach out. If you're a woman out there who, you know, you're, you know a man or you're in relationship with a man who you don't know, feel could tighten up in this area, please put them in touch with me. Awesome. And I want to ask you a question that's kind of typical to the podcast, which would be, what does it look like for GS's heart to be unleashed? <laughs> You're going to get personal on me, aren't you? Of course. <laughs> what would it look like for me to be unleashed? Um, I do corporate work and I do personal work, and I really like the personal work better. Mm-hmm. And I think when I decide to make that, make that switch and do just more personal work, that I'll be fully in realizing how I want to spend every moment of my day. And yeah, more personally, I came out of a relationship eight months ago and I'm about ready to open myself up to other people. Mm-hmm. And I know that's a counterintuitive thing to say, somebody that's sitting here talking about relationship, but for the first time in eight months, I feel um, there's a lot of love to give. Yeah. And I, uh, I hope to meet somebody that meets me in all these ways and it's tough. Yeah. I just happened to uh, read about it yesterday uh, in one of my daily devotionals, it was called the in-between and the way that it is so healthy. Cause I, you know, I think it's a very natural habit of ours to exit one and enter another Yeah, just to fill the void without being willing to experience the void. And it's to really true. Yeah. yeah. And that, that same pain that, that anybody in this situation would feel the grieving, the sadness, the missing of a person 
when you boil all that down, it's anxiety. And it goes back to what I said before of like the process that I went through. I spent a lot of time on my meditation, Christian, I'll tell you that. Um, doing the practices that I teach to other men. But, and those are the same practices they need when they're in relationship. It's about tolerating anxiety in any given moment. Because if, if I'm fighting with a, a feminine partner and you know, if my anxiety is off the charts, like I have no capacity, no, right. no depth, no capacity, uh, and I can't feel the connection. And she's not going to feel me either. And so these are universal principles, whether you're exiting relationship, entering relationship, you know, screwed in relationship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I will say, I think that that's a very valuable lesson because when we, you know, meditation or eating well, right? Mm-hmm. Wellness, spirituality, whatever the area might be, when things are going good, our consistency wavers a little bit. And I always like to say a gap in action creates a gap in momentum, mm-hmm. but you like don't. That. You don't see it for a month or so. And so you're like, oh, what is all this happening? So I think that uh, I love that you speak to the consistency of it and what it actually looks like to maintain that masculinity. And um, I just want to thank you so much for sharing all of your brilliance and your open heart and your knowledge and wisdom with our community. And so thanks for being here one more time. What's the uh, full name of the book on Amazon? The Masculine Interrelationship, a blueprint for inspiring the trust, lust, and devotion of a strong woman. I love it. It's perfect. Yeah. And Abigail, I just want to say thank you for having me on. And you're actually a great facilitator. Having done a lot of podcasts, you're quite skilled. Oh, I appreciate that. You know, I like to think so. (laughs) You got it going on. Oh, and thank you, Hearts. Thanks for being here. Thanks for opening up your heart. Thank you for listening in to what is available in opening up your heart, expressing, owning your energy, and being part of partnership and true communication and authenticity. Because here at the Hearts Unleashed podcast, we are turning dreamers into doers. Thanks for tuning in to the Hearts Unleashed podcast. We hope you found all the inspiration that you needed today and that you use it to take the next inspired action on your dreams. If you loved the show, share it with a friend. We love spreading the love. For more information, to listen to more episodes, or to shop Hearts Unleashed, head over to heartsunleashed.com. See you next time, Hearts. Hearts.